Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard the Mother's Day weekend show. Hi, I'm Foster Brown the co-host and producer of the Internet Advisor, and we're here until 7 o'clock this evening, and boy, have we got a lot of stuff for you. We're going to be uh, talking about an incredible security attack that took a took place around the world with Kasten Thomas in just a minute. We're going to be talking about a program called The Bridge with Coca-Cola. Second hour, we're going to be meeting the new blue pigs. They're not that anymore. They're called Batches of Honor, and we'll be launching a brand new song for them. Well, this evening, we want to welcome our usual crew, Gary Baker, Andrew Dell, and Cal Carson. They're in studio here. Guys, it's good to have you aboard. We're going to do, we usually kind of chat a little bit at the beginning of the program about things that have gone on in technology during the week. But something that was so big happened that we thought we'd get somebody in here who can help uh, kind of uh, sort it out, all out for us. And that's Mr. Kasten Thomas, who is with us right now. Kasten Thomas is the president of Interworks Technology and an expert on security, cybersecurity. Kasten, thank Thank you so much for joining us here on the Internet Advisor. So glad to be here, Foster. And beautiful day today. Beautiful day today for us on this side of the pond. We're kind of glad we're not on the other side of the pond, I would imagine. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're here because uh, some nasty things happened over there, and oh. it could have happened here as well if a, if a uh, fortunate thing hadn't happened. That we're yeah. Talking about. We're so, talking, by the way, folks, about this ransomware attack that took place. It has hit 16 hospitals in the National Health Service in Great Britain. If you can imagine that, 16 hospitals are just, their records are frozen. And uh, you can imagine what chaos that would bring about. And then up to 70,000 devices in 74 countries have been hitting banks. Right. Uh, incredible network. They said that it might be targeted, but I'm not so sure it's targeted. Uh, have you found out any more, Kasten? I have not. Uh, you know, every, everybody wants answers immediately, but this yeah. is going to have to play out. Yeah. And there's this thing called uh, security forensics that there's a whole lot of things that have to be right. tracked down and traced and double-checked before we have definitive answers. Basically, what's happened, folks, is that this wanna-cry, and it makes you wanna-cry, horrible irony in that, that virus, or pardon me, that malware, the ransomware, has attacked all these machines. They're demanding $300 in bitcoins in order to be able to unlock the system. Which is like, you know, one 
tenth of a Bitcoin or yeah, I think yeah. one fifth are or like fifteen hundred bucks yeah, now, one, something like that. Yeah. It's up and down, but I think that's basically, it so it encrypts all the data on the on the records on the computer yep. and and makes it and they basically hold it hostage until you pay three hundred dollars. They give you the key, your data is decrypted. And if you want to see what the the, the so, things so. looks like, if you go to internetadvisor.net under our program notes for today, I have the screen that popped up on them, which is it says I hate this. It says oops. What do you mean, oops? You just attacked us and hacked us. But I want to, it started out uh, in Europe, and I guess the question is, and you hinted on this, Kasten, why didn't it hit the U.S.? Well, it didn't hit the U.S. because it, it actually hit uh, China and the rest of Asia slowly, and it really started to gain momentum when it hit Europe. But uh, there was a, a young gentleman, I believe he's 28 years old. They have not identified him. He's asked to be anonymous. But his online moniker is Malware Tech. He came back for lunch and saw his uh, inbox blowing up. And uh, with all of this news about mm-hmm. something happening, well, he was a cybersecurity researcher. And he started digging into the malware and found what is called a kill switch. Oh. A kill switch is something that a, a hacker or, or a programmer will put into a program to stop it in case something goes on that's unexpected. And so he found the kill switch, uh, didn't know it at the time, but without getting into too many details, he was able to stop this before it spread to the United States greatly. Wow. And uh, the big fear now, well, it's not a fear, it, it's almost a certainty, is that other hackers are going to use this same tool and they're going to take the kill switch out. Yep. So it becomes even more important to patch our computers and do the things that... Uh, help prevent this kind of thing in the future. And we could have prevented this, right? If people keep their computers patched, this wouldn't be a problem. Well, (laughs) yep, that's a big F. (laughs) Well, Well, I I mean, but that's what... So if the rest of us that do keep our computers patched, we don't have to worry about this. Right. If you have uh, Windows 10, and this affected Windows computers only, but these kind of things, that doesn't mean this kind of thing can't happen to a Macintosh or an iPhone sure. or an Android phone. Uh, you know, in the industry, we call it our computer hygiene. How do we keep it clean? How do we keep it right. up to date? And uh, how do we keep all those things that prevent this kind of thing from happening to us? But uh, myself included, we tend to be uh, procrastinators, and you know, we'll get around to it next week. And then oh, something dear. like this happens, and we say, oops. <laughs> Well, you know, what's unique about this version is before um, ransomware was usually spread by email, and this one was not. This one actually took advantage. It's more like a Trojan or a virus. It infiltrated through uh, vulnerabilities in the operating system, and so you didn't even have to open an email to get ransomware, which was, like I said, traditionally how it happened before. So this is like the next step, if you will, Mm -hmm. in, in this ransomware but basically, we can protect ourselves, if I'm, under, if I'm understanding what you've uh, written here, uh, Kasten, by keeping ourselves up to date. Just, just make sure you're, you're always up to date and you've got good uh, uh, malware protection on. You can that's, protect yourself. That's absolutely true. And, you know, the, this uh, malware uh, was actually published by a group that stole the computer code from the NSA. Oh, and uh, it was published only a month ago, and now we've already seen this yeah. infection wow. happen, and it's it's nasty. So, Cal, Cal, so, oh, well, sorry, go ahead. Ed. So, are you saying that the 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 software 
that penetrated the computers was originated from the NSA, and that they used it to actually do the uh, um, the encryption and hold, and hijack and ransom the computers. The NSA didn't create the ransomware, but what they did is they offered uh, an avenue for ransomware to be put onto computers. Correct. Okay. Yeah, and, and the NSA did not uh, publish it. Correct. It was actually stolen from the NSA by a group called the Shadow Brokers. Yeah. And uh, they've been publishing pieces of that for the last month. Kasten, we are out of time right now. We have a hugely full program. What I'd like to do is have you come back next week and talk a little bit more about these details, if we could, all right? Would love to. Excellent. And by the way, folks, if you would simply go to internetadvisor.net, on our homepage there, you will find that I link to a number of things. First of all, a report about where this happened and the full story on it, and then also cast his recommendations for security. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Kel Carson in studio here. And uh, Gary, every now and then you come back from a conference or some experience you've had uh, around the country, as you are around the world, as a matter of fact, as you're uh, exercising your skills in IT. And you recently came back raving about a program that's gone on with a name that's very, a brand very familiar with, I think, probably all of us, Coca-Cola. Of course, all of us. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who doesn't know Coke? And and uh, it was a great, great conference called Collision. It was in New Orleans uh, two weeks ago. And um, I, you know, met a lot of uh, people there. There were only 20,000 of my closest <laughs> friends. Uh, many, many startups and a few venture capitalists. And it was really to help, you know, take these, you know, really cool technologies and get them a little better known in the tech community mm-hmm. and to, uh, you know, help them, introduce them to the venture capitalists. Well, I saw... A number of different presentations, a number of different speeches, and one stuck out. Uh, and uh, I asked him to come and and join us here on the Internet Advisor. And and Alan uh, Bame for the chief. Well, actually, I don't know if you're the chief technology officer anymore or just in charge of the bridge program. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, Alan. Oh, thank you. It's, I'm I'm in charge of. I'm the chief innovation officer for the IT organization. That's Coca-Cola globally. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, he's um, chief. <laughs> yeah. I, a, it sounds like, by the way, from what you described of trying to put uh, innovators, startups, in touch with major corporations. Alan, your program, the Bridge, that's that's the heart and soul of it. It, it is. It's a, it, this is about connecting uh, startups that have fresh new ideas with a large corporation like Coca-Cola that has some real business problems that we need to solve and uh, really crowdsource and take the best ideas and the best technologies and come up with new uh, solutions for us. You began this three years ago, right? Yes, it started uh, three years ago in, in Tel Aviv. Why? I'm just curious why you chose Tel Aviv um, as your starting point for this venture. Well, you know, when you look at where uh, venture money is invested in the world, uh, about... Uh, uh, half or a little over half of all the venture funds in the world are invested in the Silicon Valley. And when you get to the top six countries or top six cities, that takes up about 8% of the, of the list and of, of all venture money that's available. So um, Tel Aviv ranks, depending on, on, on what year it is, number five or number six wow. in venture funds being invested in technology. And so we decided to go to uh, 
one of the cities on on the uh, that make up the eighty percent, and Tel Aviv was a good starting point. Wow, yeah, so, you Alan, had a question. I'm you sorry. Know, I got to say that you know every time I'm sitting down sipping a nice cold Coke, the last thing I think about is technology, <laughs> and, and, and I do know with the new uh, Coke machines where you can blend the flavors and stuff like that. Did that come out of your uh, investing into these innovative type things? Well, it certainly came out of our innovation programs at Coke. This, they, you're referring to the freestyle machine. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. Free, freestyle machine's been around about four years now or so, maybe five. And uh, it came out of some work that we did here in the United States um, in, our, uh, in Atlanta. And it leverages medical microdosing technology in order to produce the beverages. And that's why, uh, because we've shrunk everything, uh, that's why you can have over 150 choices. And it's really... <laughs> You can mix as many uh, many of them together as you want to create your own your own beverage. It's absolutely fascinating. So, Alan, I remember one story, and I got to talk to you after your presentation, uh, along with a few other people, and uh, you were telling us a story about going to Brazil, to uh, Rio de, de Janeiro, and um, you saw a bunch of plastic litter on the beaches and came up with an innovative idea to solve that. Well, this, this was, uh, was originated in our, with our group in, in Brazil, and they took a look at the amount of, of uh, waste, and happened to be some of these happened to be some of our, uh, our products that, that people would drink and just throw on the beach, just like they do in many parts of the world, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And they decided, you know, what, what can we do to uh, address this problem? Because we do believe in sustainability. We have a we're very, very, but very large and and uh, progressive in recycling. So the group down there contracted with somebody locally, and they created a Coca-Cola bottle that's made out of ice. So you can enjoy the nice cold beverage, <laughs> and when you're done, you just drop the bottle on the beach or wherever you happen to be, and it just melts away. No, what? You're wait, hold it. The bottle is made out of ice. Keeps yeah, the, the bottle's made out of ice. <laughs> I love it. So in a, in a nice tropical country like Brazil, how do you how do you hold the drink long enough to be able to drink it? <laughs> well, that well, makes I, you. I, I, I think I think people enjoy it so much. You know, you you, you tend to drink your cokes very fast. Beverage is very fast, especially on a hot sunny day. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, you, if you encourage them to drink faster, they'll buy more. That's not a bad idea. Is in addition to you know not having the litter on the beaches. Well, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful experience for those people that had an opportunity to experience it. It's, a, it, it's one of just the many innovations that Coca-Cola has tried around the world with, with packaging, with delivery of our products and services, and, and, and of course, the creation of all the different the beverages, from, from milk products through water to, uh, to non-sparkling alcoholic drinks. We, we have the full portfolio and, and, and certainly have... Uh, try to be as creative as possible in, uh, in, in how you can enjoy these things. Uh, Alan so, Bain, by the way, is our uh, guest here. He's the Chief Technology Officer and Chief Innovation Officer and Chief Architect at Coca-Cola. And we're talking about the program called The Bridge. By the way, if you go to our homepage, internetadvisor.net, and you click on this, the show notes for today's program, there's a video there that you can run. It's about six minutes long in which um, Alan is featured along with some other people, and one of the innovators from uh, Israel is on that uh, screen as well, you, so you can get a better idea of the whole program that's there. What I found fascinating, too, is that other major corporations are interested in what you're doing, Mercedes-Benz and uh, Turner Broadcasting, I believe. Yes, about a, about a year ago, Turner Broadcasting approached us, and they said, look, we, 
we're seeing what you're doing. And Turner's a, another company that happens to be based in Atlanta. Uh, and they said, we'd love to join you. We'd like to, to understand this. We'd like to bring some additional innovation to everything that we're doing. And uh, we, as good partners, we, we, uh, we, we reached out to them and had a discussion and said, let's try it and see what happens. And it was very, very successful last year. We both learned a lot about how to bring innovation to large companies and how to work with startups. That Mercedes-Benz reached out this past year and said, look, we'd like to, to join too. And I love said, it. That, that's great. Let's, uh, let's put Mercedes together, which is a great brand in, in automobiles and, and, and other things that, that, that Daimler's into along with, with uh, Turner, which, of course, has everything from CNN to Cartoon Channel to others with yeah. Coca-Cola. And uh, let's put collective minds together and see what happens. Wow. Here in Detroit, we have a large corridor of startup people uh, in our downtown area and and just across the country as well. How do they get in contact with Coke to let them know that they're interested in exposing what they may have for innovations to to you guys? Well, so in many cases, because innovation can be uh, of many different types and different subjects, sometimes the innovation and some of these new ideas are best suited for the local bottling partners that we have that are based in the community. Uh, some of them are more, uh, are, are more appropriate for the headquarters in Atlanta, and certainly uh, people can reach out to the Coca-Cola company that way. Um, and if you happen to be in the Atlanta area or if you happen to have a startup in Atlanta uh, or want to relocate to Atlanta, we have a program in, in Atlanta that we call the Bridge Community, which is also sponsored by a number of major corporations in Atlanta with the goal of trying to help develop the ecosystem in Atlanta with startups and provide opportunities and training to, uh, to new entrepreneurs as well. So there's other ways, too. You have a very unique way of finding the really good, the really good startups, and that is through the venture capital community. Oh, oh yes. We, we work very closely with the, uh, the venture capital communities, the incubators, the accelerators, uh, and other investors, angel investors and the like. Um, we spend a lot of time with them. A, a typical venture capital firm will see about 3,000 deals a year or potential deals a year, and they'll invest in between, say, three, three or five of those deals. And so what we do is we partner with the venture funds and the other investors. We let them screen things that, they, uh, that are of interest to them and of interest to us, and they bring us uh, technology, they bring us new business models of, that may be of interest to us someplace in the United States or elsewhere in the world so that we can test and pilot and yep. and if it works out Alan, something that we can expand. excuse me could you hang on a second we're going to take a quick break when we come back I want to find out about some of the companies that you've worked with welcome back to the Internet Advisor today we're talking with Alan Bain who is the Chief Innovation Officer and Chief Architect of the Coca-Cola Company and uh, thank you very much again Alan for joining us here on the Internet Advisor it's a delight having you with us, and uh, I'm, I'm fascinated with the, uh, the innovations that you have both come up with and your partners have come up with, like the one in Brazil with a, a bottle that's made out of ice so that it doesn't leave a footprint at all <laughs> anywhere. Uh, what are some of the other innovations that have popped up uh, you know, around the world as Coke is being sold? Oh, certainly. So, you know, we, we have a long history of innovation. Everything from the bottle itself was very innovative. The, uh, you know, the history on it was that we wanted you to be able to find the bottle at dar- in the dark and be able to differentiate a Coke bottle from another bottle. And that's all kinds of stories there. But, but more recently in Singapore, where the, uh, the workforce in Singapore and the construction area tends to be a lot of, 
uh, expats, people that come in from other countries. Mm. And if you've ever been to Singapore or seen pictures of Singapore, it's a, a city-state that is just fantastic. It's modern, and it's full of skyscrapers. Well, so right. the, the, the workers are, are literally you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 stories up in the air working, building these things. And it's very hot in Singapore and humid. So our, our local community there, Coca-Cola community, got together, and they got together with a lot of the school children. And the school children decided, look, it, we'd like to be able to deliver thank you notes to the workers. They attached the thank you notes to some Coke bottles. Coca-Cola provided some drones, and we took the drones and took them up in the air tens of stories high and delivered these thank you notes <laughs> and delivered the Coca-Cola bo- cold Coca-Cola bottles. Uh, to the uh, the workers, so they could enjoy something cold and feel a connection to the community at the same time. Oh, that is absolutely fascinating. That is a wonderful example of a collaboration between the, your local partners and this massive global uh, organization. Well, you know, Foster, um, you know, Coca Cola has a record of just being very, uh, very good with the community, very uh, helpful in so many different ways, uh, philanthropic and in many ways. And when you start to com- to marry that with some technology, like Alan just described, wow, is that that's pretty cool. And it makes you want to say, well, let's see, I could have a Coke product or I could have some other product. Yeah. Let's go support yeah. these guys. And right. when they're deeper into the community, too. Cal? You yeah, but the only problem is things go better with Coke, <laughs> except <laughs> keyboards on computers. <laughs> that certainly is true. Well, uh, Alan, uh, you have a whole group. By the way, folks, again, if you go to internetadvisor.net, our homepage, you'll find on our uh, show notes, a link to uh, a video which uh, will give you about six minutes of describing the whole program of what's called The Bridge. And you'll see the bridge that's made between startups in Israel and the Coca-Cola company. It began three years ago. Uh, Alan, you're looking at those uh, companies, I think there's 10 of them, I think, in the in the video, if I'm not wrong. Um, let, can you single out maybe a couple of them to talk about, let's say, some of the innovations in marketing that were... You know, built where you built a bridge between those folks and Coca-Cola. Uh, certainly. So in the, in the marketing area, one one that comes uh, to mind is, is a company called Fusic, and 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 what Fusic does is it allows anybody, anybody sitting at home that has a cell phone or being out on the streets with a with a smartphone, that you can actually take yourself, take some video, and it almost creates like this uh, this green screen effect, if you may. Um, and it allows you to put yourself into a music video or into a theatrical trailer release, anything that the Coca-Cola company is licensed or Fusic is licensed, so you can become part of the uh, of the oh show, my. if you may, part <laughs> of the, tra- uh, the trailer. So you may remember the, uh, the the Hilltop video, which is one of the classic Coca-Cola videos about I'd like to teach the world to sing. Oh, yeah, oh, back yeah. in the 60s, it was uh, early 70s, it was great. And, and and it was also recently the uh, the closing act on one of a one of our uh, you know recently uh, recent TV shows as well as on last uh, last version of a TV show. But but we what we were able to do is people were able to record themselves and then they can merge it into this uh, this iconic video oh, and I then see. they can share it with their friends <laughs> and they can share it. It can be viewed anywhere. It can be shared. It can be. Uh, it, it can be sent on, it put onto Facebook. It can be put on yeah. through, sent through Instagram. But it's a sharing <laughs> environment. So that's a wonderful marketing program that we did recently. Oh, right. And that, and that blended in the music as well. It blended in the music, and you have the option of either singing if you're 
were so inclined with your voice, or you would just uh, lip sync along as well. You had your choice. Or if people would allow you to sing along with it. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> How, were there, can you uh, think of another example of one of the startups that, uh, that uh, you know, you've seen growing with this program called The Bridge? Yes, yeah, so certainly. There's, there's another, another startup that we had, and it was really more of a technology trial here. As they, uh, it, augmented reality has been around for, for many years. And a lot of companies have not found any useful uh, purpose for it. Right. We've seen a lot of promotions. We've seen a lot of marketing programs. But we decided to take this technology and say, could we actually apply it to our business? So if you can imagine, when, when, if, you, if you're a store owner and uh, Coca-Cola or somebody comes in and says, look, I'd like to set up a display in your store. I'd like to put it, put it on the end of the aisle, wherever it may be. And uh, here's a drawing of what it looks like. And you might look at it and say, well, look, you know, I'd like it moved to the left. I'd like it moved to the right. Can I mm-hmm. put it on another aisle? And uh, it would take two or three visits. What we were able to do by applying augmented reality now is either through your smartphone or through a tablet, we can uh, dynamically change this so you can see how your store will be outfitted right then and there at the time that you're having that initial discussion. Oh and my can goodness. make a decision faster. And the, the side benefit, which we didn't, uh, which we didn't count on, because one of the breakthroughs in the technology was it was now markerless, meaning you didn't have to set any markers on the floor in order to project oh, yeah. these images, right. was that we were actually dimensionalizing the space so that the returns went down because we had the correct uh, correct dimensions the first time as well. So <laughs> we learned something that we didn't expect also along the way. That is absolutely fascinating. Uh, you know, where did the, the, the germ for this idea come from? Was this, was this your baby, or was it something that you had seen percolating in the IT world before you began to implement it three years ago for Coke? Well, you know, many corporations have tried to innovate through different methods. Um, and, and having I live in the Silicon Valley. Um, I've seen a lot of things that, that have worked and have not worked. And what we know is that it has to be a win-win for everybody. And I think that's what's unique about the program is that, that many, many times these programs get put together by corporations or third parties, and there's claims on the IP, there's equity demands, and we bypass all of that. At the end of the day, we're trying to fit into the community. We want the startups to prosper. We want the investors sure. to prosper. We want the corporation and our customers to partner. So by taking a collective cooperative approach, that's what makes this thing so unique and has made it so successful. And it, uh, Kel, is there uh, anything in the future? I mean, because with all things internet and that sort of thing, uh, the freestyle machines, can they be tied into the internet in such a way where, you know, I can go up with my phone, be able to pay for my, my Coke and be able to get a freestyle uh, situation as opposed to the traditional vending machine that has the bottle product? Well, to today, I mean, the, the machines uh, d- dispense product uh, like it's a dispensing machine like you would see in any type of a restaurant mm-hmm. or, a, or a theater chain. But they already have interfaces on them where you can take your phone up and you might have a favorite drink that you've mixed in the past. Um, you have the ability to take that and by push, putting your phone up against the screen on the machine to actually pour your customized drink. Or you can share that code, if you may, with all of your friends so that your friends, next time they come to any one of our freestyle machines, oh, here's can walk Coke. up to it and, and enjoy it. Oh, great. <laughs> that is something else. Yeah, so we could, uh, you could get your, own, your very own Cal's Coke 
and then pass on the code to somebody so that when they walk up to the machine, they can get it too. And there are way, way too many flavors in that machine. I oh. probably You'd end up mixing something that you know may end up exploding on the other side <laughs> of the planet. But uh, you can be very creative with those machines. And, and that's really good to know that you can actually put your own recipe on your phone and be able to share it with other people. And, oh. and what's, what's, what, you know, what's behind all of this is it is connected to the Internet. And yeah. so we have the information as to what people are mixing. So it's actually giving us the opportunity to see how people's tastes are changing. And then we can create mm. new products and services as well around how people are interacting with the machine. So it, the, the Internet connectivity really provides us the ability to use data analytics called big data approaches and eventually machine learning and artificial intelligence to find out what is really meant, what would you like so that it can become personalized, so that you have that beverage that's right for you at right. the time that you want it. Well, right. you know, you know, kind of like Apple does where you can write an app and then sell it in the app store and Apple gets a royalty and you get a royalty. Maybe for these flavors, if I can make up <laughs> Cal's Coke and, you know, for everybody who buys one, I get a penny or something like that. <laughs> keep, keep dreaming, Cal. Well, he. But what you've described, Cal, in some ways, is what's happening with the young entrepreneur. I say young, but I mean the people who are in the video are young. But the uh, the entrepreneurs and the startups in Israel. That was kind of what happened with them. Was they were able to take that idea, lock it in, and in the if you will, the whole environment of Coca Cola to the benefit of Coca-Cola and to their own benefit as well, which has been really neat to see. Alan, thank you so much for joining us here. Alan Bame has been our guest. He's with Coca-Cola, and uh, you can you can see why he's the chief of innovation there. It's been a delight talking with you. And again, folks, if you want to find out you know, more about this program called The Bridge, and uh, it sounds like other major corporations, global corporations, are finding out about it and throwing their hats in the ring as well as Internal Broadcasting and Mercedes-Benz, uh, it's a fascinating fascinating way of sharing new technology, new ideas with a major corporation. It's kind of like a big ship that doesn't turn very quickly, but here you've brought them inside and embraced innovation in a a really interesting kind of a way. Alan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for inviting me. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. And Gary, that's just a fascinating idea. Collision was the name of the the, organization. yeah, there's 20,000 people that go to New Orleans, um, and Collision, uh, this is, I think, the third year that it's been in New Orleans. Now, they do a web summit mm-hmm. uh, in Portugal, Wow, uh, and that's only 60,000 people. <laughs> and it sounds like the concept is pretty much the same as the bridge the, of getting innovators in touch with both the venture capitalists it was, it was, and the companies. It was absolutely fun to walk around, and uh, it's to see these young entrepreneurs and most of them are young mm-hmm. they're certainly young at heart and they have such wonderful ideas that they're and some of them are quite a ways along right they're yeah. three four years they've got revenue uh but wow. they're trying to expand yeah. and get noticed by the venture community and there's a lot of venture capitalists that show up Boy, and, and to be, be in an environment where you can get a hold of coca-cola is wonderful too it's a target rich environment for uh, oh, for yeah. both right i mean it's a meetup hey by the way we're going to come back in just a minute and uh, of course mike brennan will be with us with mi tech news but we're also going to be uh, hopefully making connection with dave phillips from it and the d they have decided to do something for the community in a, a very unique and kind of a special way with their it academy And one of the places they're going to start is in Flint. We'll find out more about that coming up in just a moment. 
It's that time of the program to welcome Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor-in-chief of MI Tech News, which is uh, bi-weekly now, or I should say weekly, twice a week. How do you say that, Mike? <laughs> it's bi-weekly? You know, I'm never really sure about it. Bi-weekly <laughs> no. every other week or what? I've never got that straight. Semi-weekly. Yeah. Semi-weekly. There we Semi-weekly. go. Well, you don't have to worry about bi-weekly because it's free. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. dun 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 Anyway, yeah, uh, shot there. Yeah. every every week we invite Mike in to give us a sample of some of the headlines in MI Tech News. And we also have another special guest we're going to bring on in just a moment. Uh, but, Mike, uh, looking at some of the headlines there, this is kind of interesting because as we drive into the studios here at WJR in the uh, New Center area, <clears throat> which we pass by Grand Boulevard, on Grand Boulevard, pass Warwood Avenue and the Q line, which is that new street trolley line, is open. And there was a long line of people waiting to get on this weekend. It's free. But one of your headlines was that Rocket Fiber, have I got that right? Rocket Fiber will be providing providing free Wi-Fi service on the Q line streetcars. Yeah, I mean, it's free in the sense of uh, you don't have to pay for it. But uh, the city's paying for it. Uh, it was a competitive bid. Rocket Fiber won. Now the edge they had was with they they put a the cable down the the uh, the, the track where the <laughs> uh, the queue line runs uh, when they laid that all that in way way back when. So they were gonna they were gonna do that so that they could expand the reach, the geographic footprint to other areas of the city. And they ended up winning the Wi-Fi uh, uh, contract as oh, well, wow. uh, and that and that started the same day as you know, the streetcars on Friday there, May twelfth. Mm-hmm. So, and with if you're within three hundred feet of one of the stations, you get the Wi-Fi as well. Oh wow. wow, wow! And I'm glad it's Wi-Fi. Otherwise, you need a lot of cable. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like well, my only question. My only question is, are any of the streetcars named Desire? Oh. Uh, we do okay, need sorry. that rim shot. Oh, forget yeah. it. Yeah, next thing you know, they'll be throwing rice roni at the weddings. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, another headline there. <laughs> the Michigan Science Center Studio Zone uh, yep. is uh, opening up. Yeah, indeed. On uh, You know, Michigan Memorial Day, we never know what the weather is going to be like. So if it turns out to be nasty... You have a refuge. You can go see a 4D theater, the Toyota Engineering Theater. It opens on uh, May 27th. Wow. Now, uh, I've seen 4D. It, it is really, it is very interesting. Uh, it's almost lifelike. Uh, so I'm excited to actually see how the theater is going to turn out. So I need to get down there. We get Tanya Matthews on our show yes. every month. and. I have to call in that marker and have her bring me into the theater so we can do something there. (laughs) Absolutely. By the way, uh, the show that Mike is talking about is a show that he and one of the other great media writers, uh, Matt Rausch, is uh, on the program with you. It's called M Square Tech, and uh, it's at the Podcast Detroit Network, and it's heard on Mondays at 3 p.m. Hey, just quickly, uh, before we introduce our, uh, our mystery guest here, um, Mystery guest. Yeah, I like that. In a newspaper published uh, in the academic journal Renewable and Sustainable Energy Reviews, an interdisciplinary team of engineering and energy policy experts at the Michigan Technological University says the first step uh, of getting the uh, the military to be you know right up there on the cutting edge is to outfit military infrastructure with solar photovoltaic powered 
microgrid systems. Can you get that any simpler? <laughs> well, essentially, it's solar panels, and they're there all hooked go. up together into a big system. And uh, it, the technology and the know-how already exists, very base. Uh, it needs 17 gigawatts of power, and uh, apparently that's uh, it's available right now. And Michigan Tech has done this paper on it that explains how it could all work. All right. By the way, the other person that we uh, wanted to have on the show with us today is Dave Phillips, somebody that you're very familiar with because he's with Podcast Detroit Network, and so are we. We've had him as a frequent guest here, uh, along with Bob Waltonspiel, who was the co-founder of IT and the D. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks. How you doing, Foster? I'm doing very well, sir. I wanted to have you on specifically to talk about something that Mike had in the M-Square TechCast uh, a few weeks ago, well, last week, talking about a program that you folks are starting along with some other folks up in the Flint area called, uh, it's, it's an IT Academy, I believe. Correct. So we've had the Career Academy uh, set up on our site for a while where people could get access uh, for a really low cost uh, to about 1,100 classes. They could even get an accredited uh, associate's degree. What we've done is we've partnered with MEDC, uh, the state of Michigan, the uh, mid-Michigan Goodwill, um, and a couple other folks where, you know, Flint obviously needs a lot of help. Oh, yeah. So for literally no cost uh, through through grants and everything else, oh, wow. people, can go, people can go through and get that those entry-level certifications. And this is kind of a key difference between what we're doing and what a lot of other programs are out there. These are the CompTIA certs. Uh, A plus, Net plus, Security plus, in particular, that mm-hmm. employers are looking for, and then this is where the IT and the D networking group steps in. We have the employers oh, yeah. that are literally sitting there waiting and begging to hire these people once they're through that cla- those classes. Wow, great synergy that you put together there. So the, uh, say that again because I'm maybe I'm having a hard time believing it's absolutely free for the folks in Flint. It is completely free, um, and we are looking to expand it into uh, obviously Detroit um, and throughout the Metro Detroit and Southeast Michigan region. Dave, how what, what's the link to that? I'm going to make sure we put this up on the uh, uh, on our homepage as well. Sure, people can go to uh, itinthed.com slash career academy. Hey, Dave, uh, if someone's willing to drive to Flint for those classes, can they get them, or do they have to be a Flint re- resident? Um, I, I believe right now it's residents of Flint, and for what it's worth, I mean, so the way this is set up is it's all online. Um, Goodwill Industries has a facility where people can go oh. through the classes and take the proctored exams. Because, uh, I mean, that's obviously the key part. I mean, like, you know, you can go through the classes all you want to, but you have to go through that proctored exam to get the actual certif- the uh, certification. And so that's that's kind of key. I, I, I don't know the exact answer to that question, but I can find out and let you guys know. Do you figure if someone wants a job bad enough, they'll be willing to do darn near anything to get it? I, I, yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, right now, the IT industry, and this is kind of why this is good timing, you know, with the layoffs that some of the retail giants have had and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. this is a perfect time for people to transition into the IT industry. And so what this does is this basically gets them that entry level help desk job, you know, you, you know, it's, yep. you know, you're not going to be making a hundred grand a year to start, but you're going to be making a good salary. Um, and the, you know, the, uh, the story we always point to, we call it the path, uh, is, uh, Bob's brother-in-law. And so you know, four <laughs> years ago, he was, he was painting floors as a, as a job and a career. 
Uh, we set him down this exact path. We walked him through this. Uh, he's now got a really nice, really well-paying job uh, with one of the financial institutions here in the area, uh, working in their data centers. Oh, that is. But I hear he's. I, but I hear he still paints floors at night. <laughs> that right? That's right. Only, only when his wife tells him to. That, that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dave, uh, Dave Phillips, by the way, from IT and the D, is with us right now. And again, that address is itandthed.com slash career academy. I'll post that um, along with Dave's, uh, uh, you know, more information about that and the logo for IT and the D. Dave, this isn't just, I mean, this is online, but you're seeing, if I'm not wrong, Mike, and you maybe let the cat out of the bag on this, this is just the beginning of what you're hoping to do throughout. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this this is just step one. I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, the, you know, the, the MEDC and the state really want to do, you know, try to do something for Flint uh, because of everything that's happened there in recent history that we all know. Uh, but no, the the intention is very rapidly to roll this out to other areas and other regions um, as quickly as we possibly can. So when I think that one of the things I really like is is you don't have to have any skills. You, you don't have to have right. any background. They'll teach you all this stuff. Exactly. So, I mean, that's that's the point behind these, you know, these three particular classes, the A+, Net+, Security+. They are designed to take someone who knows nothing about computers and get them into that entry-level help desk job. Wow. And then the point is, you stay there for six months to a year. Sure. You figure out what you want to do, what you like, what you don't like, and what you might want to study up on next and grow and mature in IT. That is fantastic, and what a great place to start with that uh, offering to Flint. But as you said, th- this is just the tip of the iceberg. Dave Phillips is with us here. He's from IT in the D, uh, and the other folks who run the Podcast Detroit Network, we're, we're part of that, and so is M Squared Tech. Yes, thank you. Yep. And it's uh, MI Tech News is, uh, of course, a feature that we have here every week with Mike Brennan. Mike, thank you so much for connecting us to this. And Dave, thank you so much for this. We want to keep in touch with you as you push this forward and and we make this uh, available to as many people as we possibly can. Absolutely. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Dave Phillips from IT and the D. Thanks. And Mike Brennan, thank you for being with us again this week. Uh, folks, again, all you got to do is go to mitechnews.com and put your email address in there and you will get the headlines we've been talking about here and keep in touch with what's going on with entrepreneurship and technology in the fair state of Michigan. Mike, have a great weekend. Thanks, Foster. You too. Thank you. Well, we've got a great program coming. Our number two, by the way, is going to be a very special one. We're going to meet a group of people who are dedicated to, um, well, the blue, if you will. And uh, I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. Before we let go, though, I want to uh, thank our board master supreme, Eric Dorsch, who is our engineer here today on the other side of the glass, along with Logan Standifer, my uh, producer here, thank you so much for keeping things going here. Coming up in this next hour, we are going to be meeting some of the folks from Badges of Honor. You're going to find out what that is and uh, hear a brand new song they have out there. One we're very proud to um, uh, premiere here on the Internet Advisor. We'll be talking more with them about what they're doing with their program to promote uh, the love and respect for the folks in blue who serve us in so many different ways. And uh, we're going to have kind of a special sneak appearance by our Detroit police chief, James Craig, as well. We'll let you know more about that coming up. That's all the Internet Advisor coming up in this next hour. By the way, we'll also have our phone lines open later in that program, uh, that hour rather, for your questions as well. So if you've got a red-hot question for us, remember that the number is 800-859-0957. 800-859-0957. And we'll be back with that in our next hour coming up. So stay tuned for more Internet Advisor. 
You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, the co-host and producer of the program. And normally during this hour of the program, we take your questions about your computers, uh, printers, your cell phones, whatever it may be. But we're going to do something very special at the start of this hour. We're going to be uh, featuring some people in here who have a very special place in our hearts. The people who wear the blue in Detroit. Welcome back to hour number two of the Internet Advisor. Gary Baker's in studio with me. Uh, And just because of the seating, Cal and Ed have stepped out for a little bit. Right now, some very special people are in studio with us. And uh, let me introduce the members of a group called Badges of Honor. And let me start with uh, Sergeant, retired Sergeant, Michael Sanders, who's with us. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here. Thank you for having us. And thank you for organizing this in many ways. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, we're formerly the Blue Pigs Band. Right. And everyone knows us by that, but we've we've been rebranded. I love it. I love it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, and we also have with us in studio, uh, Sergeant Vicki Willis. Sergeant, thank you very much for being with us, Vicki. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, you served for 25 years as a Detroit police officer. How long were you with the Blue Pigs, or were you with the Blue Pigs before? I was with the Blue Pigs for about a year before, Before years ago. Yeah. And then uh, they decided to get the group back together, and they wanted a lot of the former members. So I This is a reunion tour. Yes. Yeah. Wow, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> also with us is a police officer, Robert Joyner, who uh, he's got this big grin on his face. Can you tell us why you've got that big grin? Probably because I'm going to be retiring next week <laughs> after 30 years of service. Oh, after 30 years. Congratulations. Of, thank you. Congratulations thank you. Thank you. to you. Now, uh, Mike, this is a, a very special week that's coming up, besides being the week that uh, <laughs> that uh, Officer Joyner is retiring after 30 years in the force. It's also a very special week for police in, in general in Detroit. Yes, it is. Police Week was started in 1962 by President Kennedy. He mm. thought that we would actually want to memorialize police officers. And then that same year, Congress actually made it, instead of one day, May 15th, the entire week to actually just honor the men and women who uh, actually serve us. Sure. Um, and, and that's you know, it's police week. Am I right? There's all first responders in general that are, they're involved in this? Yes. yes. Yeah, so that, that would be the folks who are the EMTs, the fire people uh, who are out there as well. Uh, very important to, to recognize them. And we'll be recognizing them in, in a very special way in, in just a moment because, uh, but, but, you were brought back together as a group um, on Halloween, wasn't it, last year? Was that the official renewal? Yes, that was the first performance. We got back together around May of last year and started rehearsing and working on you know different ideas and concepts yeah. to make it just a little more relevant than it had been. Uh, and our first performance was Halloween of last year. 
Now, were you part of the original Blue Pig band? Not the original. The original actually started. Oh, I, sh- I shouldn't say the original, but you were you were I there was before. There from '96 to maybe '90. Okay, when and was the original? Oh, '69. '69 was yeah, yeah. Right. right after the riots, I think. Right and after that was the riots. one of the ways to get people to really start to respect our our police officers right. again. Yeah. And actually, one of the original members. Charlie Henley he is still working every single day. He's just not singing anymore, wow. but he has probably about 50 years on the job. Wow. <laughs> He's actually still and working. Vicky, you came in last year when the band was re- put back together again, right? Mm-hmm. I made a return after I had retired. I was retired for about three years, and then I came back as a police assistant. Oh, I got and you. So I'm working as a police assistant right now, but oh. then also participating in with the Blue Pigs or the Badges of badges Honor. Badges of Honor, yes. yes. And, uh, uh, Bob, how about you? When did you get in touch with the band? Uh, it was 1996, and okay. then uh, I stayed on with the uh, group until about 2013. Mm-hmm. And so I did about 18 years with the Blue Pigs. Wow, wow. Now, well, and I found these guys. Um, a <laughs> friend of mine, uh, Dave Guevara, uh, was... He he's actually lives in Arizona, uh, was in town, and he said, you got to hear this band. Come on with me. And I went, how do you know our local bands? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, no, no, you got to come. And so we went to Andiamo's, and uh, he introduced me to Mike. And, you know, this is radio, but, you know, Mike's not a small guy. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, and, uh, I, you know, we started talking. Oh, it's police week. Yeah, we should have you on. He says, you got to wait until I, I sing. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't think so. You know, Dave's <laughs> a pretty good friend. I, I trust his judgment. And, you know, I, I, I just want to help promote, you know, the police officers and police week. And he said, no, you got to wait till, uh, till you hear me sing. So uh, I, I did hear him sing uh, quite and a you're bit. You're going to night. hear him sing, as a matter and, of fact, uh, shortly. And uh, he's going to play a song for us, so we're going to play that song, I think. Yeah, we're going to be playing that song in, in just a few moments, and you hear the r- remarkable vocal skills of all the folks here, but in particular, Mike, i got to tell you, I was just incredibly uh, blown away by by what you did. This is, by the way, the, the reinstatement of the band is in some ways kind of a... Uh, uh, an effort by the new chief of police, isn't it, to to yeah. rebuild the respect for the force here? Am I right, Emily? That's correct. Uh, and I actually wrote this song last year. They have a, a event called Above and Beyond, where they honor all the first responders. And we actually had another song that I wrote called Detroit is Coming Back, so we performed that song mm-hmm. there. And then after I set for the ceremony and the... It was so touching to see all the first responders getting awards for things that they have done. Mm-hmm. And actually, on the way home, I wrote the song. This, oh, uh, wow. Keep the Faith in the Blue. And Keep the Faith now, in the Blue. That is now, really neat. Um, it's going to be played in Washington, D.C., yes, right? Yes, they've, they've, we've worked on a video, and the chief of police should, I think he's going to launch the song on Monday at the convention in Washington, right. where all the chiefs and... Yeah, we, we had hoped country, to have right? him with us on by phone, but he's going to be with us in the song, which you'll hear very shortly uh, after we take this very quick break. We're, we're in the studio with the folks from the Badges of Honor Band. They're formerly called the Blue Pigs. I, I, I like this title of the band much better. And you're going to hear some incredible vocal qualities there out of uh, Mike Sanders, Vicki Willis, and uh, Robert Joyner. Three uh, Detroit police officers, two former, one about to be former, (laughs) who are members of that great band. And we'll be back with that very special song in just a moment. 
Thank you all for joining us for the second hour of the program where we're doing something very special here. Next week is going to be uh, National Police Week, and it begins on the 15th of May. And uh, we have a very special song that we're going to this is a launch, launch for us. It's our premiere of this, although the song has been out for a little bit of time. Well, the, and, and we're scooping the... the uh, Chief of Police, oh, Craig. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's going to he's going to take and and use that. He's a keynote speaker in right. Washington at the uh, police chiefs uh, convention there for Police Week, and uh, he's going to. Now we haven't seen the video, so the video we can't scoop. That no, can't right? scoop that. This will be the first time it's been played anywhere. Ah, oh, so, all right. So I like that for Thank Ooh. you guys very much. We'll, we'll, right, thank you. we'll let you know more about where you can get hold of this. On our homepage, you can get hold of this. <laughs> but right now, the, the, the first voice you're going to hear at the beginning of this song, by the way, uh, and the, the name of the song is? Keep Your Faith in the Blue. Keep Your Faith in the Blue. And the first voice you're going to hear is our Detroit Police Chief, James E. Craig. Hi, I'm Chief James Craig of the Detroit Police Department. And I'm dedicating this song to all of the first responders who risk their lives every day, who serve and protect their communities. I'm asking everyone, all the listeners, to do one thing, to keep the faith in the blue. Many have paid a price, the ultimate sacrifice to be there for you. Each day we start our shift, never questioning what it
Remarkable vocal talents of one of our guests here. He's also the person who wrote that song. Mike Sanders, congratulations. Thank you very much. What a song. That is incredible. We were kind of teasing about it during the break, but uh, where we are in our studios here, we're very close to Motown. The the Motown of Barry Gordy and Motown Museum. Motown Museum. Is it close by? Cal? Which brings up a question. Who produced it for you, or did you do all the production, the whole shooting match, or what? I did the production, and we're actually playing all the instruments. Uh, we recorded at 24-7 Recording Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right out in Gross Point. But we did, we did it all ourselves. That is remarkable. Let me introduce the people in studio, because they were part of that as well. Uh, you just heard the voice of uh, Sergeant Mike Sanders. 37 years on the force. He's retired now. Uh, Sergeant Vicki Willis is here, retired, but now back, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, 25 years of active duty, and you're back now again, active duty. Uh, police officer Robert Joyner is with us, and he's about to become retired after 30 years on the force, right, Bob? That's correct. I get to see what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you're going to come back like Vicki did, uh, you know, a few years? Well, who knows? <laughs> never say never. Never say never. Also, uh, they're not with us in studio right now, but Patrice Dubois is uh, was on vocals, um, and um, oh, Willie Coleman was on drums as well, right. right? So I got everybody in the band there. 
excellent, excellent job. And that, by the way, folks, was a world premiere <laughs> of that song. You heard the whole thing. And, of course, at the beginning of there was our Detroit police chief, James E. Craig. It's kind of interesting. I was looking at his history. He spent 28 years in Los Angeles, the majority of his career there. But he was also police chief in Portland, Maine, and Cincinnati, where he was the first black, I think, police chief there. Mm-hmm. And then he's been here for how long, uh, Bob? Maybe about three years. Three, maybe? four years. Yeah, three, four years. Yeah. And, uh, Chief Craig and I were actually rookies together. At the no. Precinct. He started here. Where? Yeah. What precinct? At the 10th Precinct. 10th Precinct. 1977. Uh, yep. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, he's a hometown boy. That's came, right. Came back home. It was, it was really kind of neat that he did make that full circle and, and came back around uh, to Detroit here. And the group is called Badges of Honor, but you may have known them in the past. They were called the Blue Pigs. And, uh, Gary, you mentioned the fact that was it 1977? 60s, oh, I think 69. 69 was when they were formed, and that was shortly after what has been a tragedy in the city of Detroit, which was the where the, the uprising, the riots that happened at that time that, that left our city so scarred. And at that point, I think the Blue Pigs was established as kind of a way of building a bridge back to the community because it had been so damaged in so many ways. We actually um, use the, the name Pigs to actually turn a negative into a positive because PIGS actually is an acronym for Police and Glorious Sound. Uh, <laughs> I there love you go. that. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- Who came up with the title Badges of Honor? I think collectively we got together and we... We should have went down to Motown and sat on the grass to come up with a good name. But collectively, yeah, you need a better story together. than if you yeah over beer one night we decided. Uh, but I mean, we we thought about the purpose and what we wanted to actually say, and you know, we don't really get enough credit. People who serve nowadays, yeah. one bad story yeah, it seemed like it, it taints everyone. Yep, exactly. But we wanted to say that you know a lot of us wear these badges with honor. Absolutely. Matter of fact, we want to come back in just a moment and talk a little bit more with our guests here about wearing those badges with honor. What a very special week that we have going on here. Uh, we have decided to expand our program in the second hour. Normally, we'll be answering your questions. I think what's happened is a lot of people are just enjoying listening to the conversation and the good music that is coming out of the group of people who are in our studio. They are members of a group called Badges of Honor Band and uh, formerly known as the Blue Pigs. Uh, Folks who have served in the Detroit uh, police force and who are now uh, retired and are members of a band that has been brought back together again um, by the new chief of police. Well, new for us, at least. And that is uh, Chief James E. Craig. In studio with us is Sergeant Mike uh, Sanders, uh, Sergeant Vicki Willis, and police officer Robert Joyner, who are with us. And not with us in studio, but members of the band, uh, the where the people who put together the music you just heard, Patrice Du Bois and uh, Willie Coleman on drums as well. Um, when Cal, you were going to ask you would ask a question, or we we're going to ask a question just before we took a break. Yeah, I want to get a little bit of a history about uh, about the band itself. Uh, but before I do that, I want to also say that uh, we many times we say it to the military all the times. Thank you for your service, but oh, we yeah. need to say thank you for your service thank for you. our local military for all it's worth as well yeah. but uh, tell us a little bit about the history of the blue pigs who started it and what was the purpose behind it the band started in 1969 uh, by a couple of police officers Hugh Burrell and charlie henley they had backing 
uh, from a Hollywood producer who was actually here during the riot. And uh, I guess they helped him get out of town. And they actually, he actually decided to do something for the city. So he put a band together, bought the instruments, and they started rehearsing. They selected the members. And the mission was to actually let people see a different side of the police department. The mission, you'd go into schools and you would, you know, have fun, but you would still actually, you know, have a serious message, you know, uh, stay away from drugs, you know, self-esteem. So that was, that's been the mission over the years. Uh, being a police officer over 37 years, I found out that you cannot lock up every crime, criminal. You have to start saving some. Oh, absolutely. And you start yeah. saving them in schools. You start early. Hmm. You know, kids need someone in the community to look up to. I had a teacher a couple of weeks ago, and she said, "You know, my kids are so bad, and I they come in, they come in the classroom, and they're, they're they just act terrible. What can I do?" I said, "These kids have not been loved. So when they come into your classroom, just give them a hug, show them that you care. So that's what the badges of honor is about: showing everyone." that we do have a, a side, that we have to do our jobs, but we still care. We care about the community, we care about the seniors, we care about the kids, and we have to show that side instead of all the negative mm. that comes on when you watch the TV. One incident taints the badges of everyone. Yeah, exactly. Vicki, that's got to be hard. Vicki, you served 25 years on the force. Well, back now, uh, and what is the role again that you're in? Uh, right now, I'm a police assistant. Police assistant. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, during those 25 years, what were some of the, the things that you did as a police officer? Well, I started out as a police officer in uh, the mini stations, which was... Oh, I remember those. Yeah, yeah a lot of... Uh, that's basically community relations. Right. And then we also participated in the drug abuse resistance education program. We were DARE instructors. I remember that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were in the uh, elementary schools because that's probably about the right age to start. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I was with the Blue Pigs for a year, and then I was promoted to investigator. Mm. So I was investigator for some years, and then I was promoted to sergeant, and I retired as a detective sergeant out of the detectives at the 6th Precinct. Okay. Bob, as, a, as an officer, you're about to retire after uh, 30 years on, on the job. How do you keep a positive attitude? Uh, it's just the love for people, love for the city. You know, um, I'm a second generation police officer. My father is a retired police mm. officer. So I watched him uh, growing up and never thought about joining the police department until one day my mother asked me, uh, why don't you join? And I gave us some thought and here I am. And so wow. it's been a wonderful career. Right. 30 years, three 30 decades years. later. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have been, it's got to be tough, though, because you see dare I say, the worst of our society? Most most every day that you're on the street. Am I right, Mike? You yeah. see the worst, but you see the good, too. Okay. You know? How do you, and, how do you and, hang on to that good in the midst of all the worst? Well, And it's difficult. It is yeah. very difficult, but you have to. Mm. You know, in order to, as we want to make America great again, we have to look at the good part of us. Yeah. And that, it has to prevail. The, the bad side... It just gets more attention, mm-hmm. but there are more good than bad, mm-hmm. you know, and we just have to concentrate on that and trying to save one kid at a time. One kid at a time. You've been at this, all of you, you know, for a long time. Have you have you seen some kids really turned around, Vicky? 
I think so. And with the uh, D.A.R.E. program, I actually had uh, some years later, I was working at Internal Affairs and some of the D.A.R.E. kids actually tracked me down <laughs> and was saying how they remembered from the D.A.R.E. Wow. program and what they learned. And another one had a mother who did a lot of homeschooling and she oh, wanted boy. some of the principals from the D.A.R.E. program to you know, teach her kids. God bless her. <laughs> She's one of those people in the trenches. Holy mackerel. And, and I'm, I'm just curious, uh, Bob Joyner, what was your role? Where were, you, where were you in your service as a police officer? I started off in patrol, and I did that for several years. And then I also had a chance to work plainclothes unit, and then I joined the Blue Pigs. Well, so while you were in plainclothes... No, no. This was oh, uh, before I joined them. Before you both, before yeah. you joined them. So, I was it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Were the Blue Pigs or and now Badge of? Is that a full time job? It's part time job. It's part time, but it's it's full time <laughs> when it comes to rehearsing yeah. and, and working on your craft. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You guys, I, I, what craft you guys have? I mean, that that song was as good as anything that I've heard over the years come out of uh, Detroit. Very proud to hear it, by the way. I gotta say. And we asked you before, Mike, about uh, who produced that, and you said yourself, man. You've got another career ahead of you. <laughs> well, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have a national debut, too. Talk about that, because as a matter of fact, it's going to be going on in Washington, D.C. in the next few days. Actually, the chief will present the song on Monday, uh, along with the video that the police department made, uh, along with the song. And we haven't seen it yet, but we understand that it's going to be great. Uh, but we're not going to get out in front of the. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll let him put it out there. Absolutely. And then I guess they'll launch it on YouTube and the things that they actually do. Uh, but we just want people to support the song. It'll sure. be available on iTunes on Monday. Oh, good. Uh, we want people to support the song. Actually, listen to the words and just think about your first responders. Yep. You know? And on the, we played the the song that we played had um, an, an opening with the chief on it. The the song itself, when it comes out, will not have that on my. Or will it have it? No, we're going to keep the chief voice on it. Oh, good. Because we want to say badges of honor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Matter of fact, we're going to play it before the uh, the program is over today. We're going to be playing that song again uh, so that you can enjoy it. But it's on our homepage, by the way, right now at internetadvisor.net. If you go to the show notes, you'll see that, that it's there right next to the picture of uh, the chief of police. And you can uh, download it for yourselves and listen to it there for free. <laughs> I guess we're going to jump the, uh, jump the uh, iTunes launch of that and hope they don't mind that. But in any case, great craft in that song. You've got a whole, you, you folks are retired or about to retire. Yeah. What's your message to the rookies that are coming along? What's, uh, if you had one piece of advice to pass on to them, Vicki, what would you give them? Oh, I would just probably say just make sure in what you do every day that you always do it with respect. Respect for the people in the community. Mm. That could be a challenge, isn't it? Because if they're it, misbehaving, they're awful hard to respect. Yeah, but you have to you have to come from that point of respect first. Mm. That's where you you have an obligation. They don't have an obligation to do it, but you have an obligation to be respectful, to protect and serve, and that that's part of that service, isn't it? Yes, it is. Boy, that demands an awful lot of an individual. Yes, it does. You know, when I joined the police department, we didn't have air conditioners in the cars, no computers, <laughs> and you had to have your windows down. Yeah, they call it 460 air, you, air conditioning. And you know, four you windows down. Four windows down, you got to know your community. Oh, yeah. You could hear the people. You could talk to them. They got to know who you were. So on your beat or your route, you knew everybody. 
Mm. You know, I, I always say that once we rolled the windows up, we kind of tuned out the community a little bit. Mm. But the best police officer is one who knows their community. He knows everybody. You mm. have to get out and meet the people. Mm. Mm. How how easy or how difficult is that to do, Rob? To, to, be, to make that connection to the community. Yes, it could be challenging. Um, right now, I'm I'm doing a, a beat in Campus Marshes, mm. and I found out that uh, a lot of the people really, really appreciate the fact that they see me out walking and talking and, and communicating with the community, and I've got a chance to meet a lot of nice people. And mm. so it's it's pretty rewarding, you know, on both both ends of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you. Uh, Cal, you want to say something? What's the, if, if I could ask the question, what is would be the best things that the citizens could do to help the police department do a better job? Good question. In my opinion, I think um, just not be afraid to uh, get involved. You know, everyone sees things, but no one wants mm-hmm. to say, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, have to have a relationship with that officer. And um, and if you see, see something, say something, you know, yeah. we have to work together. Absolutely. Well, I want to salute the folks who were in studio here, Sergeant Michael Sanders, 37 years on duty serving the force, and also he is the um, author of the lyrics that you've heard, and you were, did you write the music for it as well? Well, John Morgan, he's another police officer. We collaborated together okay. on the music portion. With John Morgan as well. Okay. And then uh, Sergeant Vicki Willis is with us. She's 25 years on duty and now part of Badges of Honor. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for your service. And somebody who uh, we're thanking for his service because he's about to to take that hat off. And uh, what are you going to do from now on, Bob, after, after 30 years on the force? I think I'm going to take some time and figure that out. But I'm going to continue with this music for right now. Oh, good, good. Yeah. All right. So you're going to continue on with the band. Yes. Have you got dates booked, Mike? We have a few dates booked. We're trying to put a program together now, and we're looking for a corporate sponsor, but we call it our Ticket to Success Tour. We want to take the music and go back into the schools, and we actually want to have binders of different kinds of uh professions where a kid can actually look and say, well, I want to be an astronaut. And then they can turn it over and it can give you the blueprint on how to be an astronaut. What's some of the things that you need to do? And then we're going to write that kid a ticket called This is your ticket to success. I love it. What a great (laughs) ticket to get. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, folks. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to play that great song again for you before we say goodbye to our folks from Badges of Honor. Well, I hope you have in mind that we've uh, put aside the calls this afternoon in the second hour in order to bring you some very, very special people. They form a group, a band called Badges of Honor. They were originally called the Blue Pigs here in Detroit. They're police officers who have form a musical group that has gone out with a very special message into the community. And uh, with us once again, I want to thank uh, Sergeant uh, Mike Sanders, who served 37 years on the force, is the uh, person behind the song that we're going to play again right now. Uh, Mike, this is, gonna, as you said, on Monday, the chief of police uh, is going to be... Uh, He'll be launching the video of the song. That's right. And it's, he's in Washington, D.C. right now. We're talking about Chief uh, James Craig who's in Washington, D.C. right now, and he'll be launching the song along with a video out there. And that, that is going to be the start of uh, Police Week, as a matter of fact. So what we want to do is uh, we've, we've just enjoyed the conversation with you and the song, and we want to play it again because of the message that you have behind it. Talk just quickly about that message, and then we'll get that song going. We just want everyone to keep the faith in the blue. Just remember, 
things go wrong sometimes, but we are working to make them right. And every time you call, we still risk it all. I love it. Here's a song again introduced by Detroit Police Chief James E. Craig. Hi, I'm Chief James Craig of the Detroit Police Department. And I'm dedicating this song to all of the first responders who risk their lives every day, who serve and protect their communities. I'm asking everyone, all of the listeners, to do one thing, to keep the faith in the blue. Many have paid a price, the ultimate sacrifice to be there for you. Each day we start our shift, never questioning what if. Thank you. 
If you're wondering who's hitting those high notes, no, it's not Vicky Willis. <laughs> it's Sergeant Michael Sanders. That's a remarkable falsetto that you have. Holy mackerel. You wouldn't believe it looking at you. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Oh, but it's a, it's a great sound. It is an absolutely sterling sound. Uh, the, the, the lyrics and the music was put together by Sergeant uh, Michael Sanders, 37 years on the force, retired now. Thank you again for being with us. Vicki Willis, Sergeant Vicki Willis, retired, now back again, back again. on duty. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Officer Robert Joyner, a about to take off yes, sir. Uh, for those uh, green pastures. You've been on duty for 30 years, and you're going to be continuing on with the band, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. And all three of you, as well as uh, Patrice Du Bois and uh, Willie Coleman, who were a part of the group as well. And you'll be continuing on. You've got a tour going on. Tick- is it the Ticket for Success tour going on now? Or- we'll start in September. And starting in September. Ticket to Success. Ticket to Success tour. And uh, will that be, I'm going to, based in Detroit uh, Public Schools? It'll be or, in wherever. Michigan, wherever, wherever we're needed. Wherever they'll take that message. I love it. Thank now, my, you. Now, Mike, I met you at Andiamo's, and I think it's the first and second Thursday of every month that you play there? Yes. Okay, with on our, With our Motown show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I Let's love it. That. I love it. By the way, you had another song you wrote that was called uh, Detroit is Coming Back, right? Yes. Okay, I haven't got that right now, but can I get a copy of that, put it up on our site? I will send it to you tonight. All right. Excellent. We'll put that up on the site, and thank you very much for arranging this, getting the song to us, and it's been an honor here. Don't forget, folks, next week is Detroit is Police Week, period, not only in Detroit, but in, uh, across the country. See an officer out there, stop and thank them for their service. As you were saying, Mike, we do this for our military. These folks serve in some pretty rough circumstances here, and they are there to protect and serve Honor them for that protection and service. On behalf of them, uh, on the Internet Advisor, have a great week. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.